Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Best Life Podcast. This is Danny J, and I am so excited because I have someone very, very, very special to me today uh, on the podcast. Um, I had recorded in a podcast right before this, so you guys know who it is. Her name is Courtney Moss, and she happens to be the child that I gave birth to many, many years ago. Courtney, thank you for coming on here today. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, so we're both a little nervous actually about this because to be quite honest, some of the things I'm going to ask you, I've never asked before. And like we've only really been talking for a little bit less than two years. So and not like a whole lot. So thanks for coming on here and being brave. I'm very scared. (laughs) Very scared. Okay, so let's just get into this. So I want to know, when you were growing up, how exactly did you find out that you were adopted? And what was that like for you? Like, how were you told? And yeah, how'd you know? I actually just asked my mom about this uh, like a month ago. I asked her if she remembered telling us. Uh And she didn't even remember. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like always a given that I was adopted. Like, I don't think there was a time when we were told, I think it was just like, I don't know, mentioned in passing. Cause I remember being young, like two or three and asking about you guys, about you and my birth father mm-hmm. and like ha- having answers about that, not being like a shush, a shushed moment. Like it, it was just something that we always knew. Yeah. Cause my, you know, my brother was also adopted. So he knew because he's older than me and then my mom was also adopted so it wasn't it was never like a taboo subject for us we always knew and it was never I don't know it never affected me negatively it was just like a fact of my life yeah and I never really gave it much thought it was just like yeah I'm adopted and some people are and some people aren't and that was just what I knew growing up yeah that's really interesting because I know a lot of people will find out like on this some random day they're just told like guess what? Your parents are not your parents. So you just kind of always knew and it was part of your family life and your brother was. So Mm -hmm. did you and your brother ever talk about it growing up? Like, did you discuss your birth parents or have any conversations around that? We, we didn't really, I mean, all adoption things were basically just talked about pretty openly in my family. With my brother was a little bit different because his biological family was in the same area that we lived. So they went to basically the same like church area that we were uh-huh. in. So growing up, we had to go to like our our grandparents' church, which is farther away because they, they didn't want us to like interact with them. Interesting. Um, but then when, when I was like nine, I think they moved a- away. Mm-hmm. And so we moved back into the area that we were, sp- or the church area we were supposed to. And I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't know if that was well known in the family, but it was like, I don't know. Like I said, we, we it was never a taboo thing. Like my brother and I never really like talked about it or commiserated about it. It was just a thing. It was just a fact for us. How about like going to school and like meeting other families? Was it something you brought up in conversation or just was, it just wasn't even a a thing to bring up? 
It was never a thing to bring up until someone would make, like, they thought they were really funny and they'd make, like, a, oh, you're adopted joke. And then I would say, well, actually, I am adopted. And immediately they'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for saying that. You're like, it's not, it's okay. Like, it, it is what it is. It, like, it, I, people think it's such a negative thing. Yeah. But it isn't. And so that, that was always funny to me is when people would be like, I'm so sorry. Well, I think sometimes the perception is, and, and I would love to hear from you too, is that if you were placed for adoption or, you know, I think there's a lots of ways people can say like given up for adoption is people will say, well, like I was given up, so I wasn't wanted. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like that was in your narrative or even for a little while, like at some point in your life, maybe when you're a teenager, you're like, well, why, why, like the questions, did those kind of questions come up? Um, I don't think I ever felt unwanted. I think the thing about adoption is like, I'm so wanted that my parents went out of the way to get me, you know, like some kids are, you know, an accident or whatever. And my parents like made the conscious decision to adopt me. And then like, you know, there's that like kind of trial period, I guess, where like before the adoption is finalized, I'm like, I guess they could have sent me back and they didn't. (laughs) And I wasn't an easy child. So, you know, I know that they wanted me. And I guess, I don't know if you remember this, but you wrote like a diary while you were pregnant. Uh And like, I, I wasn't supposed to find that until I was 18, but I found it when I was like seven. And I read that multiple times. And my parents had this little box, actually. Um, They had this box that they put in like, birth announcements and and letters that you guys had sent back and forth and it was like very clear to me that like I wasn't not wanted yeah and it actually like when I was feeling sad about myself like sometimes I would read the letters and it would make me feel better because I knew like I was very wanted like not only by my family but like that you guys cared about me too yeah that's really interesting that you found that early on. And I was actually curious. I meant to ask you to bring it if you know where it was still was, because I'm curious as to the things that I wrote. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. I've read it like at least five times growing up. And that's like, that's lowballing it. It was just (laughs) always very interesting to me as I like started getting older and started approaching the age that you were as you were writing it. Uh And then like, you know, when you're adopted and you don't really know like your your background specifically, you kind of want to know like what kind of personality did I come from? What kind of family? And so it was interesting to me to like read that and compare and contrast. And I remember like turning 15 and 16 and being like, holy shit, how did she do this? Like (laughs) That is crazy. (laughs) That's really, really cool and interesting. And I remember very specifically when you were turning 15 and 16 and thinking, oh my God, I can't believe because to me, it went by so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when you were born, I thought, holy cow, 18 years is going to take forever because I wasn't even 18 yet. And I felt like my life had dragged on. And then you turned 15 relatively quickly. It just, it, the years went by and I thought, holy cow, I can't believe like you're at the age where I was. And it was, it was hard because, you know, um, kind of background, I was not supposed to know anything about Courtney after she turned three. And I don't even know if I, I probably told you this story, but uh, the agency on accident sent me an extra like birthday card. Her parents after age three were supposed to stop sending mail and they continued to send things on your birthday. And I think you were about five. 
And the agency had a piece of paper in there and it just had one word. It was her last name. And I wasn't even sure if it was a last name, but I was kind of sure. And it was even before Google existed. So I went on AltaVista search engine and I typed in her parents' first names and then this last name. And there was like seven matches. And there were two that I was pretty certain of. And then I finally narrowed it down to the one. And so I ended up um, actually sneaking, like going uh, maybe two years later, I think you're about seven, going to her house and like looking at where she lived. And I just wanted to see it. I was just curious as to where she grew up. I didn't plan on like jumping into her life, but I left a letter for her parents and I said, hey, you know, I've moved and here's like my address or email. And so I ended up staying in contact with her dad through email through the years. And it was like, we basically came to an agreement of twice a year, he'd email me on Christmas and your birthday and let me know just like what you get for Christmas and how you're doing in school. And so around when you were 15, you must've been 15 and a half. I actually met your dad in person and I was, I thought I was meeting both your parents and he told me that your parents got divorced or he told me they got divorced. And he asked me to reach out to you. So I emailed Courtney on Facebook. He actually told me to reach out and I go, okay, I'll write her a letter. And he didn't want me, he didn't want your mom to read it. So he told me to reach out on Facebook, which I freaked out about because I didn't even know you were on Facebook. And the thought that you were like a real person, because in my mind, you were always a baby and this imaginary adult that I was going to meet, like in my fantasy. So it was weird to have this middle and I wrote you a really short letter. I don't remember specifically what I said. I, I was kind of just like, hey, I've heard you had a rough time. I just want you to know I'm here for you. So I want to know like when you got that email, what were you kind of thinking and were you shocked? Were you scared? Were you like, why is this lady reaching out? How are you feeling? I don't even remember. Like I remember that time I was having like a tough time in school And so like all of it was just kind of a blur. And I think I just looked at it and I was like, I can't deal with this right now. And because, you know, I just ignored it. I was like, okay, cool. Or what? I don't remember what I responded because I remember like in my mind, I think I was preparing like when I turn 18, I have the option to meet them. And then I was like, I'm not 18 yet. I don't have to deal with this. And so I kind of like pushed it aside and was like, I'll deal with that at a later time. And it didn't really like, I think it, I don't know. I probably was scared. Yeah. I don't know. I, I. Can you remember? Did you have any like fantasies of meeting your birth family or were you like, I'm not really sure if I ever will, or did you just ever assume that you would? I think I, I always wanted to, but I didn't know what to expect. I like, it was always like a, yeah, why wouldn't I meet my birth family if I have the opportunity to like, Mm -hmm. it's fascinating to me and I wanted to see what everyone was like, but I never had any like. Fan- I didn't know because the, the only thing I knew about you you two was like when you were 15 and 16 mm-hmm. and obviously you, you know you at age 35 is entirely different of um entirely different and so I had no I just had no concept of what it would be like at all yeah did you did you ever like create stories about us like I think sometimes a lot of adoptees I've seen this where they end up being rejected by you know their birth families or they feel rejected because they created some story of like it's going to be this magical reunion and we're going to be best friends like did you have any kind of ideas of what you or like maybe just what you wanted it to be like well I don't know I because I I knew that you kept in contact with my dad that I knew like 
there weren't going to be any harsh feelings. And I, you were pretty clear about like wanting to meet me. And so it wasn't, I didn't ever think that you know, I was going to like meet you. And then we were going to be like enemies. I do remember <laughs> when I, when I did meet you, I, I went early cause we met in an IHOP and I went early and I sat at the subway next to the IHOP and I like had my journal with me and I was writing like, like a, the worst case scenario type uh-huh. situation, trying to like calm myself down. And I was like, okay, I guess the worst thing that can happen is that like, I don't like her and then we just don't talk anymore. And like, <laughs> that's it. And I was like, okay, that's not that bad. And at that point I like packed up and, and, and walked into the IHOP. But like, you know, I, I, I didn't think we were, you're going to like hate me or anything. Cause I figured like, I, I was worried a little bit that like I wouldn't live up to expectations mm-hmm. because like, you know, you have 18, 19 years to like, imagine what I'm going to be like yeah. and I didn't want to be like I have dysfunctions just as much as you do you know I didn't want to be like that kind of letdown. yeah you didn't want to be a disappointment to like to me yeah yeah that's really interesting because I felt the same like mm-hmm. I was so scared that I would be a disappointment to you mm-hmm. in fact like well I recorded this earlier, but I had so many pressures I put on myself because I didn't want to feel like a failure or think that, okay, I gave you up for adoption and like I was supposed to have like a second chance at life and then I fucked it all up Mm -hmm. and like I ruined that. And then I thought you'd come back and be like, well, if your life was going to be fucked up anyway, I should have just stayed with you (laughs) or something. I don't know. It's just really crazy. The kind of stories that we tell ourselves. So I know when you met me, like, how did you feel towards your own mom and dad? Like, did you feel that you might hurt their feelings? Were you worried about, you know, how they would feel about it? Yeah, I was very worried. And it's like, I don't know, because my, you know, my uh, three fourths of my family is adopted and my uncle's adopted as well. So it's not an uncommon situation, but like my mom has never had the opportunity to meet her family. And at that point, my brother hadn't met his family yet either. And so I was worried that I would hurt their feelings, not less so my dad, because he had kept in contact with you. But mm-hmm. I know my mom didn't really know anything about you. She, all she knew was the time she met you when you were like drugged up, just given birth. Yeah. And so I didn't want to like, I didn't want to hurt her feelings, but it was also something that I like, I wasn't ready to t- like to share, I guess. It felt like something I needed to like walk alone. And so I remember like, after I did tell my mom, like she was a little bit hurt, but she was more hurt that I didn't tell her as it was happening, which like I I totally understand, but it just wasn't something I was ready to share like at all with anyone. Yeah. Um, it just felt very like, I don't know. I had to walk that road alone for a little bit. Yep. So I know when we first reached out, so Courtney turned 18 and, I knew she was going to be going to school in New York City. And so I kind of waited. Her birthday's in June, and she was going to go to school in the fall. So my family, her birth father, birth father's parents, and my parents, we all, like, wrote some letters, and we got some presents together for her birthday. But we waited until it was, I think, September to send them to you. So we sent them to you in September, and we didn't hear back, but we were at the podcast launch party, and you mentioned something about that. So tell me what happened when we sent you got when we sent you your birthday stuff. Yeah, so I um, we had our little mail room at the bottom of our dorm building, and I remember they like send you an email when you get a package. So I went and I signed up for a package, and he's like, "Oh, you got a lot of mail or whatever." And so I got a bunch of packages and like, you know, tiny little me is carrying all these packages <laughs> and uh, up to my room, and um. 
my all my roommates were gone and I was like okay good so I, I went into my room and I like locked the door and I started opening up the packages and like reading all the notes and like I was just so overwhelmed and I started like crying and it was I don't know it was just so weird because like that it was like the the gates had opened and like mm-hmm. you know now there is contact and like it's up to me to decide what I want to do yeah. and like you know I was just turned 18 and moved across the country and I I didn't have anyone. And so it was weird. Like it just felt like a, I don't know, like a new door had opened and I didn't know like what step to take. And it was like, I remember my birth father's brother's kids like drew me some like pictures of like unicorns or whatever. And I was like, they don't even know me. Like (laughs) they have no concept of who I am. And they drew me all these little photos and like, Dan, my birth father, sent me a bunch of socks and you sent me a bunch of cat things. And it was so like interesting to see like all the things that like, you know, you guys, I don't know if you knew those things about me or if you just like guessed or whatever, like all the small things, right? (laughs) Like all the things that I, you know, it was just so touching. And I, um, yeah, I sat on my floor and I cried with my door locked and I did not let anyone in for a couple hours. Why did you cry though? Like, what were you feeling? I don't know. I cry a lot. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But um, (laughs) it just was a lot of emotions. I think it was just not like sadness, not happiness. It was just like a just a lot to handle. And like Mm -hmm. just knowing that there are all these people out there in the world that like know me and care about me. And I don't I don't know anything about them, but like that they are supporting me in this way. I don't know. It was very overwhelming. That's cool. Yeah, I can sort of relate to that feeling that was kind of how I felt when I met some of my sperm families you know that story okay so we sent you all that stuff and then you kind of didn't know where to take it and I remember I was like I I knew once you turned 18 we had the chance to meet but I didn't know where you were at and so I was kind of trying to get the feelers like does she want to meet me does she not and I was I messaged you and I remember you were saying well I'm asking my friends and they're like, it's up to you. And it le- you, you kind of made this comment of like, I just wish somebody would tell me what to do. And so I kind of took that as shoot, I guess I'm just going to have to tell her. So I came out to, I was coming out to California. I found out she was in, in California at the same time. And I pretty much, instead of asking her, I kind of just said it as like, Hey, we should meet. And I was hoping like that might work. And then, uh, and Courtney wasn't really great at responding to all my messages. So I was actually expecting nothing. I was expecting her to not respond. And I said, well, we, maybe we should meet on these one of these dates. And she said, sure. And I was like, oh, shit. She actually responded. And she said, yes. Then I was terrified. <laughs> and so I was so, so scared to meet you. I was literally like panicking for days. The whole drive, it was about an hour drive to see you. And I decided IHOP in the middle of the day because I figured I wanted a place that was quiet. And I figured IHOP is a breakfast place at lunchtime. It will be dead, which it was. And my ex-husband was with me. He drove me. And so I told him to keep a lookout for you. (laughs) So he drove around. He saw you walking over. He sent me like a picture from the road. He saw you walking. And then for whatever reason which now I know you were sitting at Subway journaling. Uh, You just didn't come in right away. So I'm like, where is she? Where is she? I'm panicking. He doesn't know where you went. And then you came in and you saw me. And I'll tell you what happened like right before I said, okay, am I supposed to hug her? Like, I I don't know what to do because I'm a stranger and I like want to hug her. And Nate just goes, well, 
you can hug her, just don't make it a creepy hug. And I was like, <laughs> what does that mean? Of course it's going to be a creepy hug. And so when I saw you, I hugged you and I was like so scared of how you would react. And you just gave me like the best hug ever. And I just felt like, I don't know, I left that day feeling like I never wanted to forget feeling like that again. But how like when you came in, how in the hell did you not like shit your pants? Because I was shitting my pants. Oh, I was shitting my pants as well. <laughs> well, I remember because I, I walked. I, li- I lived at, like about a mile away from the IHOP. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to tell anyone. So I, I walked there instead of taking the car. And, you know, 80% of the way I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to turn back. Like, who's going to stop me? Like, she doesn't know where I live exactly. Like, she just knows I'm around the area. And I was like, no, you know what? I came this far. I'm going to do it. And like I said, I did my pros, like my pros and cons. I was like, okay, the worst that's going to happen is like I eat a pancake and then I leave and that, that's it. Like I'll, I'll do that. For, I'll do it for the pancakes at, at the very least. Um, and then I saw you and I was like, you're definitely my daughter. <laughs> I'll do it for the free food. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know. It was just weird. It was like, it, it's like the, not an imaginary friend, but just like you, you were just a concept. Mm-hmm. And then like, I was like, oh, okay. That's a real person. That's a, that's a real person Yeah. that, that created me, I guess. Like it was just, I don't know. It's one of those moments that like I, I can't even find the words to describe what it felt like. Yeah. How about when you met Danny, your birth father? I was terrified about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, same same feelings because um, we met in Vegas. And I remember mm-hmm. like it was only well, the second time that we like met. And we drove all the way up to Vegas. Yeah. So I had like four hours of yeah. buildup instead of just like 20 minutes of buildup. <laughs> but like it, it was weird when I like f- locked eyes with him because – in that moment, I could tell that he was more nervous than me. Yeah. So I, I felt like a little more confident because I had experience and like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I, this isn't <laughs> this isn't my first rodeo. It was so it's so bizarre though, and it like it. I I almost wanted to like tell him that it was okay because I could tell he was so much more nervous. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. Like it, you know, I've done it before and it worked out great. So you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be fine. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I was I. I don't know. I felt like I wanted to be like, it's okay, buddy. Like, it's all right. <laughs> You're like, I'm mothering the, the father here. So one thing you mentioned, we were at the podcast launch party and somebody asked you, I can't even remember exactly what they asked, but you said that after you met my family and Danny's family. So what happened was Courtney, a year after we met, she met her birth father and then like the rest of the family, my parents and his parents and just everyone and something you said was like, you realized you were brought up in the right family. So what did you mean exactly by that? Like, well, I don't know. It's just like, it was very like life affirming for me. Like the opportunities that I had in the family that I had mm-hmm. was like, that's what I needed to have growing up. Yeah. Like, you know, your brother has six kids or whatever. Yeah. And like, obviously I would have grown up long before them. Right. But I don't know, just like the the experience and, and the place that I grew up, like I grew up in one of the safest places in the nation and such a nice place. I had, you know, I could go to dance class and I could yeah. take sports and I take sports. I could do sports. Yeah. Um, and I had all those opportunities because, you know, I had f- two full-grown adult parents yeah. who could full-grown adult parent me <laughs> instead of like a teenager who's still trying to figure herself out you know yeah. like I'm 20 so I'm four years older than you were then and I'm still like I don't know what the hell I'm doing at any time yeah. and so you know I had that 
that focus from my parents. And then I also had an older brother mm-hmm. and that was invaluable to me. And I'm sure invaluable to him too. I don't want to speak for him, but I'm, I think he loves me. I'll, I'll make that, that claim, but it was just really nice. And, and like, I don't know, just knowing that it just made me so much more appreciative of my family. Not that your family sucks. Uh, obviously <laughs> they don't, but I don't know. It just was like, made it more clear how much I do love them. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think, um, maybe a lot of adoptees feel, uh, maybe anger towards the birth family as if like, I don't know, I'm not really sure. So that's why I'm always curious. And I wanted to, I was curious about what you meant by that because I don't know. And I don't know how many, how many other adoptees you've spoken to or. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I hear like, I hear a lot of mixed things. Um, I guess how I got lucky is that like, I know that I was wanted like I wasn't like Mm -hmm. an oh shit we got to get rid of this is you know covered up it was just kind of like this was the best option I guess me being put up for adoption yeah and so it never I never felt hostile like it wasn't like I was abandoned and you know I I did end up with a family that like really wanted me and so I think some people maybe like don't feel really wanted by their adopted family Mm -hmm. or I don't know I like I just never experienced that and I don't know I don't know if like anyone else has experienced that. I don't think my brother feels that way. I don't know about my mom or my uncle, um, but I, I don't, you know, I haven't really spoken to many adopted people. Hmm. It's really fascinating. Um, so what happened like right before you turned 18, I was really struggling because I knew it was coming up and I wasn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to set myself up for like a big disappointment of you didn't want to meet me. I was also preparing myself for like, what if she hates me and doesn't ever want to have anything to do with me? I always had desired to like meet you, but I knew that that's wasn't necessarily my choice. And I joined a bunch of support groups for birth mothers. And I was really, really uh, upset because most of the things that I found in there, and I ended up leaving all of them, was these birth mothers were very angry. They felt like they were deceived into giving up their children. They felt like their kids maybe didn't have as good a life as they could have provided. And I think honestly, you know, I think that you can create these fake memories. Like I'm in a great place now, but it w- I would be kidding myself to think that I would be in this place had I kept you yeah. at 16. So I have to like check myself in those kind of ideas. And I think that's what a lot of birth mothers do is they're like, I'm okay now. So they think that they would have been there, mm-hmm. but you don't know the circumstances had you kept a baby at 16, 17 years old. Um, so these birth mothers are, they're like very anti-adoption and there's this big anti-adoption movement of saying that the, when they met their, their children later, that the children had abandonment issues and they wish they had just been brought up with the birth family and that it's quote unquote better for the adoptive kids. And so I just was real, and I think because I was reading this, I was really, really scared that that's how you would feel, mm-hmm. that you would be angry, that you would be mad that you should have been brought up in your biological family and it's affirming to me and it really helped me feel like I did the right thing but ultimately I mean I think I think you're so mature Um, I think you're so mature for your age to even have the the awareness and realization that it could have been different and that you had a lot of uh, benefits of other people well I don't know I I talked to my mom about this a lot and how like I know I'm in the right family because there aren't very many 
people in this world that could like handle my specific brand of crazy and so like (laughs) I like I, I don't know if it would have been better or worse and like you know like I don't think you know I would have turned out the way I did had I been brought up in a different way yeah. and like you know I didn't have the the perfect childhood no one does yeah but I like the way that I turned out mm-hmm. and I think you know I have a, a nice set of you know like skills that I wouldn't have had if I didn't have the certain experiences that I did if that yeah. makes sense yeah. like I don't think I would have the like the level of maturity or like the I don't know emotional intelligence if I didn't grow up in the specific way that I did grow up yeah you're so smart. <laughs> I'm so inspired by you. I will tell you what, when I saw you, and it's funny that you even had the idea that maybe I would be disappointed because when I left, the thing that I kept saying the most was like, you're more than anything I ever could have imagined. And like any kind of whatever fantasy I could have placed on you or how I thought you would have turned out, you were like 10 times more talented and beautiful and better than anything I ever could have imagined. And I just like feel so lucky. I just really, really believe that. I want to know what would you tell someone in your shoes? Like maybe an adoptee who is scared. They're thinking about reaching out to a birth family like they want to, but maybe they haven't had like some of the uh, like letters and things that you did, but they're kind of curious. I don't know. Go just do it for the free pancakes. Um, <laughs> like, like I said, find the money project. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Like my brother just met his birth family and he had an entirely different experience than I did. Um, and I, I think, you know, maybe what has happened with us isn't like the most common thing, Yeah. but like, you don't know if, if you don't try. Yeah. And if, you know, like I said, the worst thing that happens is like, you just don't talk to each other again because, you know, ultimately you're in charge of your own fate. And if you don't want to keep contact, then you just don't, you just don't do it. Right. I'm the queen of ghosting people if I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so like, you know, just try it. I like, I don't know. It's so, cause I, it's such a unique experience. And I think that's, that's kind of the fun of it too, is like, you know, you're not going to have no one's going to have the exact same experience. Yeah. Well, what if I had been an asshole to you and I was like, I don't want anything to do with you. Then it would just be easy to be like, well, she's an asshole. And then <laughs> I just move on with my life. And then yeah. I, you know, I have that story I can tell about myself. <laughs> I think that's a great perspective because I think so many people make it about them and you're like, you realize it's not about you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it was like ever a, about me, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it never felt like it was a personal thing. Yeah. If I, that makes sense. It's, I don't think it ever has been a personal thing, but I think some people see it that way. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I can imagine why, but you just have to be like, I don't know, smart enough to know that like life happens and it's not always ideal. You know, like a 16 year old can't raise a child, uh, you know, whatever, whatever experiences, or maybe like, you know, someone got pregnant and they just didn't want to raise a child at yeah. that point, you know, however old they were. And it's, it's not personal. No one's like hating you specifically as a person. It's just situations don't always turn out the way that we want them to. Yeah. What would you say your greatest lessons were after meeting your birth family? Like I said, that like life affirming, like, okay, I ended up where I needed to end up mm-hmm. and that I'm like so grateful for my family and for my brother and my mom and my dad and my extended family and like, you know, however many problems I might have with them that like 
they're the problems that I need to be having, if that makes sense. They're not like, I don't know, whatever other issues in that like, you know, maybe I talk a little trash about like where I grew up, but ultimately like it was, you know, it's where what it was a great place. And I'm thankful that I had that opportunity because it's made me, you know, it's made me who I am today. And then it's nice knowing too that like I can reach out and have that support system. And not, like I said, not everyone has that, but like, I'm really lucky. I, I do have that. And I know like if I'm ever in a bind, there are so many people that I can reach out to that I'm sure would help me if I needed it, you yeah. know, in, in whatever way they could. Yeah. Um, and it's cool. Like knowing that, like I have, you know, that, that, that extra big fan club, like everyone has their, you know, their normal extended families. And like, now I have double the size of that <laughs> so of people true. who are, are going to be like my biggest fan, no matter what I do. I love it. I love it. And we are. All of them are. All of us are. (laughs) Okay, so this is the best life, obviously. So I have to ask you this question. So what do you what do you think it means to like to live your best life? What does that mean to you? Oh, and how is Courtney going to continue to live her best life? I don't know. The best life is is being your truest self and not like compromising. Not not making a compromise to I don't know please everyone and that's I mean you talk about being a recovering people pleaser and I think I think I'm a totally a recovering people pleaser and I'm working on that and of like just being who I want to be and not who others want me to be mm-hmm. and like you know it's cheesy but like you know follow your your dreams and I I like hate myself for saying that out loud um, <laughs> but like I don't know. Not, like I said, not compromising what you want for what's, you know, quote, easier or um, comfortable or, you know, making this, making the smartest decision for yourself instead of doing what's, instead of doing what's expected of you, I Mm -hmm. guess. Like for me, like with school is like, I, I I think I felt expected to go to school, but it wasn't the best decision for me. And so it wasn't the smartest decision for me. So I don't anymore. And like, I do feel, you know, some people judge me a little bit for that but I have to know like it that's not my best life and also I don't know eating pop tarts wearing sweatpants dude amen mic drop free pancakes (laughs) and do it for the free hashtag do it for the free pancakes yeah exactly (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on here and sharing like I think you're so wise for 20 years old and even though you look like you're 12, I do look like I'm 12. And I, I really love your perspective and how grateful you are. And I don't like, I've said this a million times. I feel like I don't deserve you. And I think that you've changed everything about my life from the second you were conceived. Like the fact that you're here is amazing. And I appreciate you and I appreciate you for doing everything you do for the podcast and just being an amazing human in the world. And Yeah, maybe we'll do this again sometime too. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm.